Yo, yo, my name is Big Lou, and you are now listening to Go Produce. We're the show that explores how music industry professionals turn their passions into profit. In this episode, we've got Brad Jones, a diligent and passionate person who is very familiar with hosting successful music festivals while keeping local charities in mind. The Go Produce focus of this episode is how do you go about finding the right talent for your festivals, and what challenges have you encountered with this? If you are curious to hear how a 90-year-old entertainment group keeps the party going, then this episode is for you. Thank you, Brad, for being here. I do want to let you know that we do appreciate your time. So why don't we just go ahead and make the most of it and go produce. Listeners, let me tell you who we've got here for you today. We got president of Jones Entertainment Group, Brad Jones, find himself under the management and consulting division of the company offering a one-stop service to festival entertainment buyers. Services ranging from the preliminary steps of securing talent all the way to supplying a full suite of production services on the festival date. Using his skill set, Brad had the opportunity to assist in the management of Jeff Dunham in multiple Canadian locations and was also able to gain the rights to all touring for the Thunder from Down Under in Canada. Brad Jones. Welcome to the show. We're very happy to have you here. Like I said, we do appreciate your time. We'll get right to this. (laughs) And on that note, we'll get right into our first segment, which is called The Basics. The basics. The basics, what this is, is we're going to run through some simple questions. And ultimately, we want to get to know you a little bit better on a personal level level to understand where you've come to. My first favorite question to start off with is, what is your first musical memory? Uh, My first musical memory would be uh, my my father took my sister and I to see the the Jackson 5 uh, with Michael Jackson at CNE. when I was in grade five. Was that the first concert you ever went to? Yeah, I've been to other events that my dad has produced, but that one was probably the first big one that I, that I was a part of. That's, that's, I mean, that's one way to start your whole experience. And do you think it was, it was like family ties that got you further into this career or did it stem from that experience? Oh, for sure. When I would, I would uh, travel with my dad on the road when he would produce different, uh, events and absolutely it was uh it was in my dna from an early age that i knew that uh, there's nothing better than you know looking out at a crowd uh, of whether it's 500 people or 14,000 people and knowing that you know you had a hand in producing the event it's a pretty special thing and i think i was hooked at an early age i i don't blame you especially with your history i want to i want to know a little bit more about that though jones entertainment group how has that come to be? How has this family business conquered the tests of time since 1930s, is it? Yeah, so my grandfather started in the early 1930s. So we're technically, this is our 90th year in business, um, third generation. Uh, my brother works uh, alongside me. Um, in the, the first generation was my grandfather and his brother. The second generation was my father and his brother. And now it's fun to say that, you know, three sets of brothers uh, have run this business for 90 years. Um, our key to success, to be honest, is that uh, we're, we're small but mighty. Um, we can adjust. We can move quickly. We can create new events or 
whether it's a new festival or a new idea, um, a lot quicker than our bigger competitors can. Um, so we've been able to sort of um, change with the times, maybe even quicker than some of our competitors. Um, you know, the world's changing, but the one thing, you know, when the, the big screen televisions came out or DVDs or back in the day VHSs, everybody thought that was going to be the death of, you know, live entertainment. But the reality is you can have the greatest TV in the world. There's nothing better than being in a theater or in, a, in an arena or in a stadium when there's live um, entertainment, you know, or music. You actually feel the energy there. You got it. You, you can't get energy from a 50-inch plasma TV. No, no, it's true. Being being in an intimate relationship with your family in terms of business seems to have played as a strength for you, but a lot of the times people will struggle to maintain a business with their family, let alone just a business in general. Do you think it was more positive than negative for what you guys did? We certainly have had lots of negatives, you know, over over the years. But but yeah, the positives have certainly outweighed them. Um, you know, one of the casualties as a family business are Sunday nights uh, weren't Sunday night dinners; they were Sunday night board meetings. We, um, <laughs> you know, so we we managed to get away from that. In our, and as I got older, um, and then my dad um, transitioned out of the business, um, we were able to do that. But yeah, one of the casualties was. You know, our younger sister worked with us for a couple of years and it was just, it was just too demanding. Like we're 24 seven, you know, the grind um, was, was too much for her. Um, but you know what, um, she, she, you know, everything's worked out for the better for everybody. And, but yeah, I mean, it's certainly, it's not for the faint of heart to be in a family business. There are ups as well as downs. Any, any tips you would apply to working with family? I think you have to really work hard and separate them. And, uh, you know, for example, my brother and I could have a, have a major argument in a direction of part of the business or something uh, during the day. But then, um, you know, we're quick to go and play a round of golf together, you know, that evening or quick to go over to each other's homes and, and spend time with, you know, each other's kids or, you know, family, that type of thing. Um, so I would say you got to really focus on, you know, work is work and then family is family. Know the difference. You got it. Fair. Fair. Cool. I like that. How about Centennial Hall? What's the involvement there? And well, with Jones Entertainment Group as well. Is there, are they affiliated? So Centennial Hall is, is owned by the city. Um, we have a long-term management deal to run it for them. Um, my father had the contract long before I even came around. Um, Jones Entertainment Group is the is is a, is the the main company. Underneath that falls, you know, three different main parts, four different main parts really. Um, one management of Centennial Hall that my brother Greg runs day to day operations on. Uh, the second part is we own and uh, produce Rock the Park each summer in London. You know, forty thousand people plus down in London raising. Three and a half million dollars for local charities over the last 16 years. So we're very proud of that. Um, so Rock the Park is part two of that. Uh, part three of uh, our business is we produce over 100 events a year, North American wide. We manage the business of David Faraday from NBC Sports um, Golf Channel. We look after all of his live music and corporate events. Um, Jeff Dunham, when he comes to Canada, we produce all their events. 
uh, as you mentioned earlier, the Thunder from Down Under, um, uh, the Australian Mail Review, if you will. They have a property in Las Vegas, but when they come to Canada, we produce all their events. And we do, you know, events. We produce uh, corporate events for the hospitals all over Canada. Um, Alice Cooper is a client when they come to Canada. So we do about 100 to 120 events. That's part three. And then we have a new business that we developed over the last two years called Hockey Fest, which is the largest street hockey festival. And we tie NHL teams like the Chicago Blackhawks or clients. Minnesota Wild, um, Ottawa Senators. So, so there's sort of four parts to what Jones management. That's that's very encompassing. I, I really like that. We're gonna get into more of some of the other aspects that you mentioned, but for here, I'm curious to know a little bit more about the Rock the Park because we're in London and it's London's largest annual music festival. And well, like you mentioned, local charity fundraiser. Can yes. you give us some more history on that? Yeah, so 18 years ago, this this would have been our 17th year. Obviously, with the pandemic, we've moved everything to 2021, but this would have been our 17th year. So a year before that is when I got the idea. So 18 years ago, um, I was in Colorado, Denver, Colorado, with uh, our accountant had taken my wife and I down for a, a weekend to see uh, a jazz uh, player, Nora Jones, which was a really um, musical um, talent in, in sort of the you know, 15, 20 years ago. And uh, we were in Denver and I saw a poster on the wall that said, uh, Bat Blue Rocks the Mountain. And it was sort of talking about the Red Rocks uh, Amphitheater, which is a special, special place. And I remember thinking, geez, you know, London, we don't have a mountain, but we we have parks. And I thought, you know what, you know, and Coors Light, you know, um, you know, is our friends of ours like, through the Molson. And, and so I came up with the idea that it, the original one would be Coors Light Rocks the Park because we have parks. And I met with the city parks department. I said, you know, can I can I rent Victoria or um, Harris Park? And they said, yeah, we have got a charity involvement. I said, that's perfect. I was sitting on the board of Bethany's Hope at the time, we were struggling to raise funds. And I came up with this idea to, to have a big uh, classic rock festival is what it started to be for the first 10 years. It was three nights of classic rock. Uh, that's sort of where it got started 18 years ago. and then. Just uh, as I said, the first 10 years were classic rock. And then the reality is that the economy changed with the Ford plant closing and Kellogg's closing. I mean, those were our boys, you know, those were our hard rockers that would buy that $99 three day pass and come out and drink $40. (laughs) But those good jobs were lost. And uh, and, and over 10 years, those guys that were, were 40 were now 50 years old. And, and they wanted to be with their families or they wanted to be, they didn't want to come for three nights. They wanted to come for two, one night or two nights. So we just adjusted and, and changed with the times and we created a country night and we created a sort of a 90s retro night that sells out, you know, 12,000 people every year. And um, so, you know, yeah, it's just sort of morphed into what you see it today as a music. It's, it's, there's a night for everybody. If you're a pop act, or love pop music, you're gonna. There's gonna be a night. If you're a hard rock night, you're gonna come that night. If you're a country fan, you're gonna come that night. You know that type of things. Try to make it something for everybody one night at least. No, it's true. And what I really liked about it is that even if you're going on the night that isn't per se your night, um, yes, the people are still very welcoming, and the acts are still like you know you can you can cross over and still enjoy yourself, which is super yes. awesome about that kind of festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really and like I that. What, I think what makes us different is 
that charitable element. So, you know, there's 100 to 150 volunteers pouring beer and the Western Mustangs, we give them a large donation. They help us set up the park. And, you know, you got Coach Marshall, you know, ripping tickets at the front gate. You're not going <laughs> to get that at, at any other festival, you know. And that's what sort of sets us apart. And then what you see out front is what what basically is behind the stage, too. I mean, we've got, you know, 25, 30 people that come together for one week every year, friends of ours that have full-time jobs other places, but they give up a week of their life to come and make Rock the Park the experience for, for not only the 12,000 people out in front, but for the 50 artists uh, and their crew backstage, you know, and that's what, that's what I'm probably most proud of is that it's a real family, community festival. It's not just about, you know, one company, you know, doing this and it's their business when when you can donate, you know, two, three hundred thousand dollars at the end of a weekend for charities, it's, it makes it a win-win-win for everybody. That's true. Yeah, win-win-win. And who doesn't want to be part of that? I mean, for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. But that brings us to the very end of this segment. Those are our not so basic, basic questions. So moving on is our speed round. Bye. <laughs> In this speed round, we are going to be asking you 20 short form questions designed to be answered by either a yes, no, this, that, um, both, neither, but that's it. After, you do have the chance to justify or expand on your answers. Um, if there isn't anything that you'd like to expand, we'll be listening and we may do so for you. Any questions? Let's go. Simple enough. All right. All right. New school or old school? Old school. Pick just one. Sight, herring, smell, taste, or touch? Touch. Big parties or small gatherings? Small gatherings. Canadian tours or American tours? Canadian tours. Do you want a coffee or do you want a tea? Tea. Ice hockey or ball hockey? I'll go ball hockey. <laughs> do you play any instruments? I do not. Nah. Thunder from Down Under is Australia's hottest export. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of hesitation there, but work hard or play hard? Uh, both. Would you rather hear the good news or the bad news first? It doesn't matter. You and your brother Greg are the third generation of brothers to operate JEG. Yes. You prefer rich or do you prefer successful? Successful. Would you rather have a live-in massage therapist or a live-in chef? Live-in chef. Curious. Does your birthday happen? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Does your birthday always happen on the same day? Uh, it's yes. <laughs> Rain or shine? Shine. Do you prefer working alone or in a team? Both. Breakfast or dinner? Dinner. Blue or red? Blue. Rock the Park has raised over $3.5 million for local charities. Yes. Yes. Would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button on your life? Ooh, great question. Um, pause button. A pause button. Very nice. That brings us to the 20th question. Which is awesome. We made it through this round. But... I do want to expand on something. Firstly, the rewind or pause button. Why pause button? I don't think I want to look in the past. I mean, 
I, I love my past, but I would be nice to have a pause button once in a while when you're in a moment to be able to literally pause that moment. I think, uh, you know, I think that would be a cool thing to have. Yeah. To actually like take a breath, reflect, not have to worry it. about the next second. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty good at, at doing that, but yeah, I think if I was given a, you know, a, a sixth sense, uh, you know, or that, I think that's what I would love to have as a pause button for sure. Interesting. What about the good news or bad news? You said either or, just give it to me. I'm straight, hit me right in the face with it and we'll deal with the good and the bad. Yeah, stop beating around the bush. Inform me. <laughs> and obviously you are part of the ball hockey world, but ice hockey, do you play? I played. I played uh, junior hockey until I was 21. And then um, I, uh, but yeah, I just, I said ball hockey because that's the business I'm in right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Junior hockey, that's pretty cool. Very nice. I like that. All right. Now that we've clarified a couple of those, we can move on to our third segment of the day. We're doing very well with time. Um, let's go ahead and just do that. Our Perfect. third segment for the day is What's Yo Take? Pow! <laughs> if you if you are wondering what those sounds are, that's our angry sound guy trying to do his job, but he's not very good at it. No, no, no. <laughs> I appreciate that uh, grumpy sound guy. I appreciate yeah. I'm sorry. I was just, uh, I just fell asleep for a little bit. <laughs> no real surprise there, but uh, glad to have was, you part of the team now. It was so exciting, I'm sure. <laughs> Great conversation, though. Jokes. What we're going to do with What's Your Take is I'm going to provide you with a couple quotes, statements, topics, or themes, and you are just going to give us your perspective on it, your opinion. And we're going to discuss them. Cool? Okay. Perfect. So the first one up. The talent you purchase for an event is the most important part of the event's success. What's your take? I would agree with that. Yes. And why? Well, because if you don't have the right talent, you're not going to sell the tickets. And then the event isn't going to work financially. And then you're not going to have another event. So that would be the reason why. So without talent, you, you may as well just not even try the event. Yeah. Exactly right. Interesting. Okay. Um, and what about other aspects of events? What about something that you can't necessarily always control? Whether what about marketing or logistics, for instance? Are there other aspects that are yeah, critical? Not, not at the level of what the talent is, for sure. And you can build up. We've built up over 17 years a, um, a trust um, that people know that, you know, Rock the Park's always going to have great entertainment. But, you know, you're only as good as your last year and you're only as good as what entertainment you book. Right, right. The fact that you said you're only as good as your last year reminds me of something because you can, you can flop one year, maybe two years, but then the third year you put on a great show and then you're back in the game. But is there a, per, a certain time where, like, you've just lost all credibility, people don't even want to hear you anymore? Oh, I would think there's there's been other promoters in our world that, that don't have, uh, they're, they're not credible at all. And, you know, they would be lucky to run one event and then they would lose their audience or, you know, the event. I, I think it is all about integrity um, and, uh, and respecting, you know, the ticket buyer, re respecting your sponsors, because um, that's, that puts you in the seat that I'm in today is, is because of people that have purchased tickets or sponsors that want to be a part of our event. Um, so aside from obviously, securing at least decent talent there are other ways to 
throw your festival away most definitely throw it away yeah i mean listen if you if you if you've got bad talent you don't get the crowd if you have good talent and you get the crowd sure when the gates open if you don't have enough toilets or hand wash stations or your food vendors are are, are not producing quick enough or your bar lines are are too long you can absolutely kill yourself even with great talent and that happens just as much as you know um you know as not having you know or having great talent if you don't look after the again back to the point of if you don't look after those patrons they're not going to come back and, and and buy those tickets for next year yeah yeah very true very true making sure that lines aren't long and 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 you know the flow of the festival is right depends a lot on the vendors that you work with yes absolutely yeah and and our staff and our security and we 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 are very demanding when it comes to that we uh, just because you know personal personally uh, I, I don't want to stand in the line um so if we can crank through twelve thousand people um and you can you don't have to wait more than five six minutes to get another beer um then you know that's sort of we, we set that benchmarks and we better hit them or else or know? else yeah so i wonder this is this leads very nicely into our what's our next what's your take the vendor is always right the what is always right the vendor mm, i would say that the, the patron the ticket holder in our case we try to make sure that they're always right and we try to satisfy their needs or wants the best we can so how do you how do you make sure that the vendors that you hire are doing that for your patrons is there a process that they go yeah, through yeah there's a process where we literally i mean you'll find any t any point in time at during rock the park 4 days you'll find myself or my brother standing in a in a line and just gauging how long it takes um you know we will often every hour multiple times walk the field and and ask people how are you doing are you having fun? What's great? What isn't great? That's we we are doing that every day for four days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to, you got to, you got to. I mean, you got to see performance all the way through. It's not just a half day effort. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Cool. Okay. My third, what's your take? Is we're doing great right now. Talent buying is solely about networking. Mm, yeah there's a part it's not solely no not at all there's you can you can cold call an agent or a manager with someone that you've never worked with i mean i i guess that would eventually tie into networking but um yeah and there's there's a lot of it you know networking friends that are agents or, or managers that will put you on to other managers and agents so if you're a good guy and you're well liked then people will take care of you um but no you can you can you know start from zero and, and make a cold call and, and develop a relationship. So, you know, like I said, yeah, I guess it can turn into networking, but it's not solely based on networking. Okay. You said if you wanted to get started, you could make a, a, cold, a cold call. Would you suggest that that cold call be directed to a specific person? Obviously, it's different for wherever you want to go, but say, say they want to pursue sim something similar to what you've accomplished. Who should that first phone call be directed towards? Are you talking about someone that wants to get into the entertainment business or is it someone that's already in the entertainment business that wants to book a festival? Give me an idea. Let's say someone that wants to get into the entertainment business to start booking for festivals and buying, talent buying. 
Um, so yeah, I would say, you know, there's, there's great school uh, programs in college um, that, that talk a little bit about, uh, there's some programs all over. Um, Nashville's got a great school um, for the music business. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you want to get into the music business, I, I would say, you know, the first call would be to a venue, you know, uh, in London, you could call, you know, Budweiser Gardens or, or Centennial Hall or, or London Music Hall, you know, that type of thing. You could get involved that way. Maybe you start working as an usher or a ticket taker or a bartender. And, and then the next thing you know, you're, you're a stagehand or, you know, that type of thing. And you make your way up. Right. Right. So just essentially make yourself physically present at where you want to be. You got it. I like that. I like that. That's a good takeaway. Work hard. If you, you just got to, if you want to be successful in anything, not just the entertainment business, you got to, you, you have to work harder than anybody else is prepared to work. Hard. Yep. Yep. I try, I try and live by that. Be the hardest working person in the room and, and also the smartest working person, not necessarily the smartest person because then you got to no, no. switch rooms too. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right, all right. Next up, we've got our fourth segment of today. This segment is called Wheel Challenge. I like to dance too. <laughs> wheel Challenge. This is a wheel challenge, and that's behind me right here, this contraption. I'm going to go ahead and spin it for you for obvious reasons. Um, but depending on what pulls up, I'm going to explain the rule, and then we're going to go ahead and do that rule. Cool? All right, let's just get it going. Ooh, ooh, we're going to test your knowledge out here. We're going to okay. test your knowledge with some trivia. You ready? Yeah. No need to explain what's going on because trivia is simple enough. So I'm just going to get right into it. Which of the following artists has been described by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as arguably the, be the greatest instrumentalist in the history of rock music? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I don't know. I would say It's a relatively Santana. brief musical career. Santana. Mm, answer is Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah. He is, yeah, he's widely considered as one of the most, if not greatest rock guitarists the world has ever seen. You got two more, though. You can still redeem yourself. It's not too All late. Right. Okay. What famous U.S. festival hosted over 350,000 fans in 1969? Woodstock. You are correct. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> that was good teamwork, I must say. Okay, last question. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is situated in which U.S. state? Cleveland, Ohio. Ooh, correct. You even got the city. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Very nice. Well, that's two out of three. That means you rocked it. That means we can move on. Unfortunately, there is no prize for you, but, uh, you know, thanks for participating. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, I, I like to say there's only one way to describe that challenge, and it is a wheel challenge. Anyway, next up. We've got our final. That was very, very bad. That was not good. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm perfect. I'm not. So, wow. I'm not perfect. I'm only human. Maybe I meant to say I'm perfect. Who knows? But this brings us to the very final segment of our show for today. Our last segment is called BAM. Clear 
the air. In Clear the Air, we're going to ask you, Brad, to be honest about challenges, about common issues within the industry. Ultimately, we want to help others become better and to avoid unnecessary hurdles. That sure. cool? That makes sense? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So tell us about the trials and tribulations of founding and operating a major music festival. We touched on this, but... Yeah, I mean, certainly uh, weather is a big issue. So you have to be very careful with that. You can't control it, so that's and you know that's that's probably the biggest risk in regards to an outdoor festival. Um, you know, really, we touched on it earlier. You just got to have the right people in place to to look after, from from patron services to experiences to the right sound and light um, people and video, the right stage hands. Um, you know, there's just a lot of parts. I totally understand that. And there would be a lot of parts to running the festivals you've been part of and then other festivals as well. Obviously, they have similar parts, but different, but also similar. How do you find the correct parts for your festival? How do we find what sort of works for us? It's, it's, um, it is trial and error you know that's basically what it is I, i'd love to tell you that there's a magic formula but there isn't we just uh, will if something works we'll keep it if something's not working we'll try to change it and we'll hopefully doesn't take us too too much time to to get it right but yeah we're, we're even in our 17th year we're still tweaking things year year i was i was hoping that's where it was going to towards because there really isn't a set plan. You can't just say do this, do this, do this, and you get that. There's that's you can you can go and 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 take in other festivals and make little notes to yourself that you like that idea, that doesn't work, that works, and you can bring them back and and put them in your own festival for sure. Yeah, but it didn't necessarily happen the way they did it. Exactly right. I think every festival is different. Every festival's got its own feel. We're lucky in. Harris Park, we're down along the river in downtown London with the tree. Now, there's something special about than out in the middle of a field, you know, 50 miles from any town. Yeah, nah, that's true. Do you have any insurance for the festival in case things go wrong? What's What happens yeah. there? You have to carry, you know, um, liability insurance. That's very expensive. But, you know, you're, you're from people that, you know, uh, trip or fall or get hurt or something like that. There's always liability insurance. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, when, when we were talking about the vendors earlier and you and your brother standing in line and making sure that they're following the rules or the, the regulations that have been set forth, that's a great way to make sure that they're doing the job then. Is there some kind of pre-screening process that you have before you even consider getting the vendors and, and, and staff in? Sure. I mean, we'll talk about the charitable side of things. So there's three, uh, there's three um, serving areas for bars, if you will, um, at, at Rock the Park. And we put one charity in charge of each one. So there's the three different charities there. And we have um, several meetings with the executive directors of those charities. And we give them a list of what we expect. Um, so then there's no issues. and then. The week before Rock the Park, we will have all 
200 volunteers come in. Uh, most of the time we do it here at Centennial Hall and we have an hour talk and we go through, if you have any questions or um, concerns, we can address them you know, a week before the event. Um, but yeah, we absolutely set our goals and what we expect uh, very clearly with uh, the different, you call them vendors, we call them the charities. Um, the same thing with the food vendors. We have 18 different uh, food vendors uh, that are in the park and my brother Greg works with each and each one of them and make sure they know what level where we expect them to to keep yeah that's awesome and we'll take it one step back even more so you've got that pre-meeting with the vendors so you make sure everything's going on and, and then everything else that you describe but how do you is there something in particular that you look for in a team member outside of your family before you bring them in into that close group? Sorry, can you can you repeat that again? Sorry. Yeah. So you've got your screening process for the vendors, but is there a screening process for people that are close to your directors group, if you feel, if you will, like you and your brother run a lot, but if you bring anyone else in, even closer? we do. So we have our staff. We have a full time staff here of three people. Um, but then, as I said, we can grow to to 25 to 30 full-time or part-time staff that come and works full-time for us for that week. Um, they're all screened by being personal friends uh, or personal friends, kids, you know, that type of thing. People that we know and trust are going to have our back and protect us. That That's how you get in with us. I like that. Okay, cool. Interesting. Okay. We touched on charities a bit. I want to know a little bit more on the pros and cons on teaming up with a charity or not for, not for profit, other than the obvious reason of helping out for the cause. Um, but are there perhaps rules and regulations that we may not, as the general public, know about when incorporating charities? Well, I mean, sometimes some. I mean, many festivals don't incorporate. Most festivals don't incorporate a charitable element. They just, you know, hire their staff, uh, and away they go, and and they keep one hundred percent of the revenue. Um, and profit. But the model that we created this based on was, as I said, originally, I was a, I was a board member of Bethany's Hope, and I saw these charities struggling, you know, to sell raffle tickets and, you know, malls and that type of thing. And, and the reality is, our business is a, is a good, successful business, and we were able to morph it into a, a, this festival. And, and, it's, and anytime you can have a business that grows with a philanthropic side to it, um, I think is a wonderful thing. And I, probably one of my most proud things that I have ever done is, is with Rock the Park to be able to say, hey, it's not only a great business financially for our business, but then to, to sit and be able to say to someone like you, yeah, we've raised three and a half million dollars um, in 16, you know, Rock the Parks. That's, that's pretty amazing. So, Very cool. Um, you know, yeah. So I, and pros and cons, you know, I guess when, when, you know, you're looking out um, at, at people that aren't being paid to, to serve beer, but you're making that large donation to that charity. You know, you've got to be respectful that, you know, these aren't trained bartenders, for example, you know. So, you know, you've got to be a little bit uh, respectful to that. Um, and yes, we're making a sizable donation to the charity, but the, each individual people, person, they're not, they're giving up their time. They're giving up their weekend to come and and serve beer to 40,000 people. You want to be respectful of that. So you want to make sure they're fed and make sure they've got water and they've got shade and, you know, but, you know, and if they screw up, you know, you give them a little bit of a grace period, you know? Um, but whereas if you had paid employees, 
you could say, listen, you're being paid to do your job and you're not doing it very well, you know, ship up or, you know, or shape up or ship out, you know? For real, for real. Yeah. You, you've only got so much time for nonsense. You got it. In all of your years, what is one of the biggest obstacles you've faced within the time in the industry and how did you overcome that? So, um, I would say large competitors trying to come in and, and mess with your models would be probably a, a big hurdle for us. And, um, you know, it would get in the way of us and our growth. So the, the cool thing, but we turned it into a pot that negative, we turned into a positive and we just became more creative, um, and, and shifted gears quicker than big conglomerates can. So back in the days where we would get, you know, 20 dates of a, a, a musical act. And, and now we're lucky to get five because the conglomerate buys 15 of them, you know, um, early on that would bother me, but it didn't take too long before I realized you got to control your own destiny. So we went out and now we have management deals or exclusive deals with artists that will only work with us. And they stay with us because we treat them better. You know, we're, we're smaller so we can give that um, hands-on approach rather than you know being show 1000 show 100 is the same as show one for us and our clients appreciate it when they climb off their planes or their buses and my brother and I are standing there and saying you know thanks for working with us and you know we can answer all their questions and let's go do the event together you know I think I think our, I know for a fact our clients really appreciate that rather than just being another show in another town with another promoter rep. Absolutely. It goes a long way. It really does. It really does. Um, so essentially, if there's a will, there's a way. Don't, don't let other, other obstacles deter you from your goal. Find a way. Absolutely. I, I say that almost on a <clears throat> daily basis. There's a will, there's a way. Ha, I and, like it. Uh, touched on the hard work, but you know, You've just got to, you've just got to be, you've got to outwork. And if, and if you can be smarter than your competitors and you can outwork them, recipe for success right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Another question I've got for you is what is the American Federation of Musicians of the United States and Canada? And what are some benefits of being a member to that? Oh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a great organization that sort of brings a bunch of people together, you know, um, that you can call them and they can get you numbers for different managers or agents or artists, you know, that type of thing. So it's, it's a, certainly a good starting point. So, yeah. What is it? Is there a, a process to take? Or, wow. Is there a process to becoming a member? No, you just pay a fee. Just pay a <laughs> fee. <laughs> That's one way to grow. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then my last, my last clear the air question. Thunder from down under. What you got on that topic? Not the focus, obviously, but we're curious. Uh, you know, Billy that created it is from Australia. Adam that produces the actual event in Las Vegas are good guys. And they just, they like having a partner that they trust, um, that puts, you know, um, that, that takes care of them when they arrive in, in Canada, puts them in first class facilities does a first class job in producing the event. And, uh, you know, it's, listen, it's, it's that, that all of our different clients are all different. And what 
you know, their, their audiences are so different. And, you know, if you go into the Oshawa arena with 2000 women that are screaming, having fun, that's what that entertainment is for them. It, it's fun. And you take David Faraday telling golf stories in to 3000 people in Naples, Florida. Um, those people love that entertainment. And then you put the wiggles in, in Barrie, Ontario with 7,000 kids and their moms and dads. Um, and they're having fun dancing around, listening to wiggle songs. That's, that's that entertainment. So yeah, I mean, it, all of our clients are, are, are much, you know, each one's different. We've got their own following, their own demographic, and, and uh, we're there to help them facilitate that. Put it's them true. in great venues, give them great production. Yeah, people want it, so you may as well. Ah, uh, clever, 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 clever. <laughs> Go back to the back. <laughs> um, I do, I do. I came up with something else right now, and I'm curious to know the general population doesn't know about the back end issues with buying artists. Can you give us a little bit on enlightening them in terms of like rider, transportation, border issues, costs? Yeah, you got to look after as the promoter. You're in charge of all of that. It's one thing to agree on a price that the artist is going to play for, um, but once that that part of the the contract is done. There's so much more. There are, there's, there's some, in some cases, planes, some commercial flights, some private flights, um, bus transportation, border crossings, having, you know, visas and the paperwork taken care of, um, hotel arrangements, catering arrangements, dressing room arrangements. Um, how many stagehands do they need to unload? How many trucks do they have? Um, security demands. Uh, you know, so much goes into to the event itself. You can't just be like, hey, show up today and we'll pay you. That's, we wish. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Okay. Do you ever negotiate? How do you negotiate riders then? Uh, I think after all these years of experience of the, you know, the 25 years that I've been in the game and the 90 years that our business has been in existence, I think it's just, you just learn over time of what's fair and what's not, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Is that, is that a way that you would use to cut costs perhaps? Uh, oh, for sure. I mean, you can, yeah. And especially if on the other side of the deal is an artist that you're friends with or a management and, and, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's a cost cutting thing. If you've got a relationship with them and, you know, what do you really need in that 50 page rider? You know, what's really important. You know, if it's 10 items, boom, 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 make sure that they've got those 10 items and, and you know, forget about the, the, the five goofy ones that, that are just in there to see if you'll do it, you know? Is there, is there an element that you incorporate to stay fresh with your talent buys? Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got a young staff, um, so I, I lean on them sort of what's hot for the moment that would keep me fresh. Um, but, you know, we just, um, I would think that's part of probably a part of it for Rock the Park programming anyways, in regards to our main day-to-day -day business with programming our clients. We just, you know, our, our job is to make sure we have the right venue in the right city, the right marketing, you know, so. Right, right. And are there, are there perhaps resources that are used to help that along? For sure, there's there's trade magazines that you can that you'll get uh, on a weekly basis to show what artists are selling and what artists aren't. 
you can certainly go off of that. That would be that would be one main one. Very nice. Okay, awesome. I believe that is everything that we've got right now. I think because of that, the air is so fresh and so clean. So thank you for that. Um, and that brings us to the very, very end of this episode. So thank you. This was very awesome. I hope you had a fantastic time. Yeah, thanks for having me, you guys. Appreciate Beautiful. it. I, um, I want to ask you if you have any final words you'd like to share. And also, is there somewhere that the listeners can find you or something that you'd like to promote? Um, we don't, I, I'm not on any social media. My, uh, our office, you know, Jones entertainment group.ca is our website. Uh, rock the park.ca is for, to, you know, and you can follow us on, you know, Twitter or Facebook and, and get updates on, you know, any updates that we send out, you'll be, uh, you know, in our database and, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate the time. It's, it's always, you know, it's a pleasure to, I live and breathe this business, so it's it's an easy topic for me to talk about. I'm, I'm very passionate. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. yeah. It translated very nicely. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. I'd also like to say thank you to our listeners. I hope you guys learned something with us here today. Uh, shout out to our very own grumpy sound guy. You did okay today. <laughs> Fire the horns for himself. And shout out to Prevail Media Group. Thank you for the venue. Thank you for the team. Without it, we couldn't have done this. And of course, Brad Jones, thank you so much. We out. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, then follow us on Instagram at go.produce. Check out our show notes, support us on Patreon, and help us grow this community. All of this and more can be found on our website at goproduce.ca. I am Big Lou, and I want to make sure that until next time, you go produce. <laughs>